It's a new era for the New England Revolution. Hello again, everyone. I'm Mike Riley for 98.5 The Sports Hub and also the public address announcer at Gillette Stadium for the Revolution. Well, the Revs have unveiled their new logo, and that'll be their primary one starting this December. Now, since 1996, the Revs have had the same logo that they still use today, and of course, we'll use that throughout the MLS Cup playoffs. I'm honored to be joined by Revolution President Brian Bolello. We'll be discussing the process of getting a new logo, also the success of this year's 2021 Revolution team, and much more. So without further ado, here he is, the president of the New England Revolution, Brian Bolello. Brian, thanks so much for being with me here today. Oh, my pleasure. Great to, great to be with you and, and talking about our club. Yeah, and Brian, this is a very exciting time for the Revolution. We'll talk about the success of the season in just a little bit as we are only have one home match left and then the playoffs begin later this month. But this is an exciting day for the Revolution as we are going to have a rebrand here. Do you want to tell everyone what it's about? Yeah, we went through a, a process starting a couple of years ago to, to think about our club and our identity and and potentially refreshing that and doing something new and, and evolving uh, the look and feel and the brand of our club. And we knew we were going to change a bit the direction of the club on and off the field in terms of investments in the organization, the new training center, the team itself, the staffing, and, and thought it was a unique opportunity for us to evolve our our brand and our identity and, and really make it clear to everyone that this is a, this is a whole new revolution uh, that, that, that you're dealing with here. And so fortunately for us, all the other stuff has gone really well the last couple of years in terms of what Bruce and his staff have been able to do and, and this, this amazing group of players we have. And so I think the timing really worked out perfectly for us to, to sort of declare to, to the world that, you know, this is this is not your revolution from five years ago. Uh, this is a new revolution, and and uh, we're going to be here to stay. And and you better get used to it. You guys started to look at this over the last couple of years, and again, this original crayon logo that I have, like right there, in my proud Revolution sweatshirt. I love this thing. That has not changed since day one. So this is the real first logo change since 1996. Revolution first a charter member of the MLS of MLS and this is a, a real big change for the organization yeah and we 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 looking at that that logo which has so much history with the club um you know and we recognize that but it, it is a bit dated I think the the stylistic pieces of that logo look like it's a logo from something in 1996 <laughs> um it, it's it is a difficult logo to use um whether it's branding marketing you know merchandise it's it's just not the easiest logo to do and it's hard to pull elements out of it and activate it in a way that's fun and and allows you to tell great stories around it so you, you know we've looked at that logo as something that you know it represented a, um a, a, an organization at a different time in our in our in our history and so we we really did think it was important to to update and try and build something a little more timeless um, versus something that would be dated and, and anchored to a certain period in time. And then also, you know, think about what 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 we wanted to keep. And that's where a lot of the conversations we had 
with our fans, um, with, with soccer fans, with sports fans in Boston around what sports mean to the city, what things are important to people in Boston and in New England, and, and how can we, you know, play into that fabric. And, and so it wasn't just about blowing everything up. It was, it was really about asking who, who we have been, what pieces of that do we want to keep, what things do we want to evolve, and how do we do that in a way that is smart, creative, and, and, and ties it all together for our fans. And so that was really what we tried to do and, and then the process that we went through to, to get where we are today. And also, too, Brian, I think that's something that's really important here is that the team name is not changing. You see a lot of clubs around the league that have added on the FC, if you will, uh, or SC, and that's not changing. Revolution is staying in place. So that's a big factor there, too. Yeah, we like I said, we went into it and really wanted to update the logo and the look. Um, to, to make it something more, not just modern, but really, I think timeless is the way that we think about it. And and this mark is, is sort of, you know, we, we said it should be something that you could stamp on something in 1776 and it would look right. And because I think it's something that looks like it's from the Revolutionary War era, um, in that way, it becomes timeless, right? Because it's that that's always alive. And but everything else, we really went in open minded and, and, and wanted to hear what our current fans had to say about it, um, what other fans would have to say about it. And we are loud and clear that the name was really important and the connection to the American Revolution and our region uh, was really, really important to people. And so, you know, it, it made that decision to keep our name. Yeah, really, really crystal clear that that's what our fan wanted and that's what future fans wanted. And, you know, the FCSC thing was, it, it's funny, you know, New Englanders were very, we're, we're provincial in a way that's kind of like, if you want to be one of us, you're welcome to join us, right? Yep. But but if you don't, then then kind of screw you, I got no time for you, you know? And, 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 and so I, I do think, with, with that whole FCSC thing, we heard from our, our current hand fans, like we don't want to just be another FC, another SC. And we heard from our sort of future to be fans and sports fans, like well, what the hell does that mean? Right. And so I think we looked at it and, and we're proud about, you know, our, our heritage as a team. We're proud about our league's history. We're not trying to run away with it. And, and that's not to say that other teams are doing that. But, but I think we're, we're a part of the country where we're like, this is who we are. This is who we think we want to be. And it, if you're going to be snotty about it because we don't have an FC or SC, then who cares? Like, we don't, we don't, we don't care what you think, right? We care what we think. And, yep. and this is right for us. So does that mean that FC, SC is not right for everyone? No, maybe that is right for certain markets and certain cities. But we heard from our fans that's, that's not who we – we don't need to be that to be authentic. We don't need to – we've got our history. We know who we are. And we don't need to plunk something on it just to to somehow make us feel better about our place in the in the in the world of soccer culture, in our in our region, in our country, in our continent, and in the world. And so, we we kind of took that that head on, and we're like, great, then let's not do it. And so uh, that was a big big thing we heard from our fans. I think that's great. And you know, Brian, with this rebrand here with the logo. 
I think, you know, when there's always a potential big announcement from the team here, uh, a lot of fans think that there may be an announcement of a new venue. Uh, So that didn't come with this announcement here, uh, as a lot of fans may have thought. So, again, why the rebrand now as you get ready for the playoffs? Again, I think when we looked at it a few years ago, we knew what we were going to be investing in the team. Uh, both in terms of the training facility, bringing a second team online, academy investments, the players themselves, and, and what we brought in with our designated players and some other players, um, and, the, and obviously Bruce and his whole coaching staff. So we felt pretty strongly that we were taking a very different approach and that this, this team was going to be a very different revolution than maybe people had seen the last few years. And it wasn't just changing a logo. It's, it's a real shift in who we are and, and how we're going to be behaving and and, and trying to set a high expectation level for, for us or our club with our fans. And so I guess, yes, we, we, we kind of got a lot of that stuff right somehow. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I think the timing has just worked out. And Bruce, his staff, our players, has done just such a tremendous job over not just this year but the past couple of years. And I think it's, it's perfect that we're announcing this new logo now and, and the new branding to, to say to our fans – you know, what you're seeing now, we can't guarantee you we're going to break the points record every year in MLS. Um, but I think it's a statement to say this is what you should expect out of this club. This is the the standard that we want you to hold us to going forward. And we should be competing for titles every year. We should be near the top of the league every year. That's who we're meant to be. And I think by 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 changing this, this branding like that, uh, changing our marks and our identity a bit, um, we're able to, to kind of really stamp that into permanence that, you know, you should think about this club maybe a little differently and, and, and everyone should be held to, to a higher standard going forward. And just to be clear, the current jerseys, that's not going to change during the postseason. That's not going to, this logo will not take effect till 2022, correct? Correct. So like mid December is what we're saying when we'll start switching over things like websites and digital assets and things like that. But yeah, the, this logo won't appear on the jerseys until the 2022 season. Um, we'll have some merchandise for people if they want to grab stuff in the pro shop. Um, one reason we wanted to announce it before our last game is, you know, we're doing a giveaway associated with it. And so that we can really introduce it to everyone. So they, they know that it's coming and what it's going to look like. And, you know, to be fair to fans, we thought it was better to have them know that this is coming. So, you know, over the holidays, they're, they're not, they're not buying merchandise, and then a month later, we're like, hey, by the way, we're switching the, 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 the logo out on you. Uh, so they know full, full what, what to expect going forward with the club, and we think that's just a more fair way of, of treating your fan base with, you know, really heavy – you know, it's, it's the holiday season, so people buy a lot of gear during this time, and we thought it was more fair to our fans to know going into it that, you know, this is, this is changing out for, for next year. So we'll have some stuff for fans to, to, to do with it, but the official sort of switchover is kind of in the off season leading into 22. Okay, and you know, you talk about that final home game coming up this weekend, regular season home game. Let's make that clear, right? And uh, what a accomplishment for this team, Brian. If we could just talk briefly about the Supporters' Shield. The Revolution won the Supporters' Shield most points ever in an MLS regular season with 73 as well, clinching home field advantage throughout the postseason no more road games. So, hey, the road to the MLS Cup comes through Foxborough, kids. Uh, talk about the importance of that, 
what the significance is for the Supporter Shield and what that means for the organization. Yeah, I mean, it's our first Supporter Shield. And, and, and again, going back to what I mentioned about you know, changing the identity of who our club is and how we want to be perceived, I, I do think it makes a pretty big statement that, you know, maybe a few years ago, folks looked at us as, as, as one of the clubs being left behind by by the new and shiny toys in MLS. And I think, I think, you know, we, we, we never viewed it that way. And, and we knew we had the capability to, to execute at a high level and be, be one of those top teams. And, and so again, credit to our, our staff who was able to, to, to do this with our players. Um, that's, that's the standard that we want to set for ourselves. And so uh, I think the shield, you know, sends a, sends a shot to everyone to say, you're, you're going to have to be thinking about this club and we're one of the clubs that's always going to be there and that, that that's where we want to be. Um, we don't want to just be in the playoffs. We don't want to just be, you know, having a, a puncher's chance at it, that we we want to be one of the top teams and, and we're going to do everything we can to, to get there. So I think the Shield is great for that reason. It, it really does. And, and unlike other sports in North America, you know, it is it has a little bit more of a special feeling in soccer, right, than, than other sports. Uh, because of the tradition around the world and, and what it represents to have the most points in the league. But we don't have a balanced schedule, so it's not exactly the same as, as other leagues uh, in terms of awarding the, the major championship to the, to the shield holder. But I think it signifies a lot. And then certainly as it pertains to our, our quest to our ultimate goal, winning MLS Cup, you know, being at home at Gillette Stadium mm-hmm. uh, is, is critical for us. We, we, we have great fans here. Um, having a big venue is going to be a huge advantage for us in the playoffs. Uh, as we know from the past, um, we'll, we'll put a lot of people in this building. Um, you know, we expect crowds in the 40,000 range. And if, if we're so fortunate to, to win those games and make MLS Cup, uh, we're very confident that'll be a sold out Gillette Stadium and, and, and amazing atmosphere for our team. So, um, I would, uh, I would encourage fans to get on ball the bandwagon. I'll, 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 I'll be a little bit of a salesman right now. We have these great playoff packages, and because we know that we have all this advantage, you can you can lock in a seat for all, knock on wood, three playoff games. Um, so you have your seat guaranteed throughout the playoffs, including MLS Cup, which is really special. And, uh, and, and that's actually doing quite well right now. Fans are clearly excited. But having that home field advantage is something that is a huge opportunity for our club, and, and I know we're excited about it. We've got to, you know, on the field take it, you know, there's two there's two aspects, right? Off the field, we want fans to be super excited about it and, and buying playoff packages and, and getting fired up. But on the field, you know, we're just thinking about our next game, and mm-hmm. and and those guys will take it one one game at a time, one opponent at a time, and uh, they just got to keep winning a game, and that's 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 where we're at. And so, but but that but doing that at home is certainly something we're excited about. Do we know when the first playoff game is going to be, Brian? No, not yet. Um, there's a chance that could get set after this weekend once the decision day is um, set up and we know all the seatings and, but different stadiums have different, you know, conflicts and, and, and availability dates. So those all have to be factored into the decision. So hopefully, um, you know, I'll get a call Monday morning and, and we'll have an idea of where we're playing at that point. Okay. And definitely all the playoff games will be at home. The further the revolution keep advancing. And by the way, this would be the first playoff game in front of a crowd at home since 2014. So that's a big deal right there. Last year, of course, no crowd. There was that one playing game, but this is a big one here, a big opportunity to 
essentially, as we've done all season, welcome fans back, but in a real significant way for postseason value, too. And uh, home field advantage has been huge for the Revs this season at Gillette Stadium. Can you just talk about that, how attendance has been and fan atmosphere at home? I mean, 30,000 in attendance last month uh, for one of the home matches. I think that out that broke the other uh, record at the time of 23 for the most this season. So, you know, surpassing that uh, twice within a matter of two weeks, that's really incredible. Yeah, and we're going to approach that for Sunday as well. Um, ticket sales are really strong for the Sunday match. Uh, this back half of the season has been amazing. Um, great attendance levels. Um, our season membership sales are already in for 22, and, and we're way up on, on that as well. So we'll set a record for season memberships next year. We were, we're already at that record number. Uh, and we think attendance, we're going to break the attendance record next year for a season for the club as well. Just, again, based on what we're, we're seeing in the market right now. Uh, you know, the first half of the season, we had, we had limited capacity. I mean, going back, if people forget, we were only allowed um, around 7,500 people in the stadium total. So, you know, we sold out the first third of the season, but we sold it out at about 7,500 seats. Um, but since since we've lifted that, that capacity limitation, uh, the attendance has been fantastic, and our fans have reacted in a really great way, and they're really excited. And like I said, we're already seeing that excitement for – playoff packages that that we have on sale so um we're 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 incredibly excited about the playoffs uh we already know how next year is shaping up from a sales standpoint and again i think i think we're going to wind up with a record attendance levels in 2022 and uh you know fans have you know we we've tried to give the fans a great a great product to watch an exciting product to watch and and they're they're showing their support in, in in kind, which is which is which is great and very much appreciated by the club and and certainly our players and coaches when they go out there. And what about the uh, television ratings with the new partnership WBZ and My TV Thirty Eight? I think the coverage has been really good. I just had Levin Reed on last week with me here, and he was you know all excited about covering the team on a weekly basis, just being a part of it. And, you know, him and Dan Roach do a fantastic job, I think, from the television standpoint, when I'm able to watch them, road games, of course. But, um, you know, they do, they've do. they done a really nice job, BZ and my TV 38. And I don't know, any uh, rating numbers uh, to, that you guys are looking at there as well? Yeah, it's, it's our ratings have doubled this year, essentially, wow. where we were last year. And um, that partnership with BZ and WSBK – can't be understated um, how much. I mean, obviously the team's good, so people people are tuned in more. But that partnership has been really, really strong for us, and and that that's made a huge difference in what we're able to accomplish. And and it you know like it's it's the partnership started with a real simple concept when when we we spoke to them about the potential to moving over there because I'm not going to lie, I was a little skeptical uh, about moving off our own partner. It's important to us to be where sports lives. And then they're obviously a huge sports brand in this market. And, and the most important thing for us was we just want you to treat us like the other clubs, right? Just we, we feel very strongly that we are part of this five sport ecosystem in, in, in Boston and New England. And we don't want you to give us more attention than we deserve because we're on your air, right? You need to stay true to, you know, when the, when the Red Sox are, are in the playoffs, you should be covering the Red Sox more than anyone else, us, us included, right? But um, we do think we belong in that in that 
in that group of teams. And they committed to that. And and I think our fans have seen that. It's not over-the-top coverage. It's just there are five teams in Boston. They cover us as one of those. And it, it makes a huge difference. It, it's probably the biggest challenge we have in a sports market like Boston that a lot of media personalities equate what they grew up with and what they like, right, with with the fan base and the city in general. And the two, as it pertains to soccer in most markets in the United States, there's a pretty big disconnect. And, you know, our ratings in the sort of the, the 18 to 49 or the 25 to 54 demos are always higher than our rating in the general demos. So, so we skew younger, not just younger in terms of kids, but young adults. Um, that's our, that's our strength. And, you know, to be blunt, there's a lot of people that make those decisions or are on the air who aren't young adults. And, and I think that's probably the biggest thing um, that we face in terms of a challenge. It's not about giving us more attention. It's, it's that whole idea of there are a lot of fans of the sport. There are a lot of people coming to the games. There are a lot of people watching the games. And there, there does need to be a little bit of a reset about how I think sports media perceives soccer, perceives the revolution and, and where we fit. You know, when I, when, I, when I try to be realistic about where I think MLS is, when you, when you put it all together, fans and TV and take like everything, you know, I, I, I say to people, MLS is closer to the other three sports yeah. than those three sports are to the NFL. So there's a there's a there's a tight grouping which is now MLS, NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, and then there's a massive gap between that and what the NFL does on a regular basis in terms of their TV ratings and their engagement, right? Yeah. And so if you want to talk about the four sports in Boston, I would put us in that category of the four, and I'd separate the NFL because what they do from a I'm a sports business person, right? What the NFL does is insane. Like the, the, the engagement they have with fans, their viewership on TV, it, nothing looks like that. It's a different planet. No, different planet than the other sports. So our, our TV ratings are most, much closer to those other three teams than their ratings are to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're almost treated as like, well, we're not at that level yet. And I kind of look at it like, actually, the four of us look more similar than any of those look to the NFL. Okay. And, and so... Again, we, we just we, we just continue to push for our fair share um, and everything we accomplish. If you think about it, with TV ratings, attendance levels, fandom, that's without all this free earned media that every other sports team is getting on two RSNs, yep. two sports specific radio stations, and a whole host of other media properties like like podcasts, like newspapers, like websites. Right. So think about how close we've become to those other teams with very little support that they're getting on a regular basis. Um, and I think what BZ has shown us in terms of what our, what's happened with our TV ratings and the engagement there is that if we just get that sort of fair share, if you will, it really does change the the market and, and, and how people view soccer and, and the engagement that the, the general sports fan has with soccer. And, and so I do think it's coming. You do see it in other markets where there aren't five sports teams, right? In those smaller markets where maybe the MLS team is one of two. But we are seeing, you know, in, in a big market like New England, like Boston, you know, a partner like B is, is, is hopefully, you know, helping us trailblaze a little bit and set the tone that, guess what? Levian, like who you just mentioned, right? Yep. Dan Roach, 
Steve Burton, these guys, mm -hmm. they're not getting killed. They're not getting hate mail about talking about the revs. People aren't turning off BZ or not listening to their 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 media coverage because they're they're including the revs in what they do. I think they they've really set a high watermark for where we should be, or I would say a, a minimum watermark of where we could all be. And 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 hopefully over the next couple of years we can get some other folks to to jump on board that and, and understand how many fans there are, how willing they are to engage, and and not just that, but how many casual sports fans in Boston love soccer? Mm -hmm. It's not just an avid, they're soccer fans or not soccer fans. You know, most casual sports fans now, particularly if they're under the age of 55 years old, soccer is in their sports ecosystem now. It is a sport that they're engaged with. And so you're not just talking to this sort of hardo soccer fan. You're, you're talking to a casual Boston, New England sports fan who also likes soccer and certainly right now, we're a pretty interesting story in that, in that landscape. I'll give you a great example, Brian. When I, you know, when I took the PA announcing job a couple of years ago here at Gillette Stadium for the Revolution, I was talking to my brother about it, and he wanted to come down to a match. He goes, geez, you know, I never really get into him. I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you in some points. So he brought my little nephew, who has just turned three years old this past August, to a game. Couldn't have had a better time. He was already talking about the little guy, too. Couldn't wait to come back. And they're coming back this Sunday for the 3.30 home match. He's been talking about it twice a day since August. I want to go back to the Revs. I want to go back to the Revs. So, one, you're getting that fan base going uh, from the younger scale, but people are still talking about it, appreciating the product on the field and, of course, the athleticism of what these guys do. And there are some fans out there. So those are the, I think that's a good target to start right there with the Revs. And I, and I think 10 years from now, people are like going to say, when did this happen? Yep. And my point is it's been happening. You just haven't been seeing it, right? But, you know, we talk about that young adult demo because that's that's the TV viewership crowd. That's the buy tickets crowd, right? But if you now – I don't think anyone would argue me or say, yeah, we're, we're big in that demo and that's growing. But if you think about 18 and under, I don't think anyone would argue that we're smaller there than we are in the current demo like some of the other sports teams probably are. And, and so what we're seeing now – there's a bigger slog of growth coming behind that, right? And so as those fans age up and remain MLS fans and Revs fans, the next generation is even bigger yeah. um, in terms of their, their affinity for soccer and the Revs. And you, you, you do see that. You know, my wife's a, a public school principal of a fourth and fifth grade public school, and they had Sports Spirit Day. And she's like, it was pretty much Patriots. And she's like, I think Revs was probably number two in what the kids were wearing in, in the school, right? And wow. and so, you know, you do see that this next generation is even more engaged than, than perhaps. So this is not a blip. This is this is just the first wave of, of, of subsequent bigger waves coming, and um, it's fun to be a part of, that's for sure. I'm sure your wife can't wait to see the kids in the uh, new Revolution logo attire uh, for next year's Spirit Day, Brian. That'll be pretty cool to see him dressed up in that there. Um, it just a, a, one, a couple other things there. You know, the Foxborough and the Kraft family and, and you, of course, are involved with the bid for the World Cup to come here in 2026. Um, any idea on the time frame when a decision will be made if Foxborough will be one of the landing spots for the United States there on that? Um, it's, it's an ongoing process. Um, so definitely next year, whether that's 
first quarter or second quarter, I think it's hard to say right now. Mm-hmm. Um, probably somewhere in that first quarter, second quarter next year, FIFA is planning on making the, the final selection process for the cities. Now, when you say next year, is that 2022 or 2023? Yeah, 2022. So first quarter, second quarter, 2022 is really their target to making those decisions. Okay, interesting. All right, so that would be 2026 when we know about that, and hopefully uh, Foxborough would be a landing spot. Uh, but, you know, Brian, uh, just uh, we're going to wrap up here in a moment, but this brand-new logo, it's out there. It is going to be uh, full use come December. Um, you gave us a whole background on it. It'll be available in the pro shop. People can start purchasing it as early as this weekend, you said, at the final home match? We'll have it on sale Thursday, so it'll be nice. Thursday starting Thursday at the pro shop. Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay, and it's a really cool logo with the R. There's a little strike through on there too, and it, it's the whole history of it uh, with the Revolutionary War and so forth. A lot of great uh, background on it. I'm sure you guys would put something out there eventually to talk about that. Uh, but anything fans could expect for the final home match this Sunday, uh, 3:30 p.m. at Gillette Stadium. Just a great time. Uh, it's going to be a big crowd. Um, we've got the brand launch that's happening on Thursday, so there'll be some of that integrated. And then obviously stick around uh, for the end of the game. Uh, we'll have the Supporter Shield presentation right in front of the Ford, in front of our supporters. Um, so just just a, a great day to, to have a, a fun celebration, stress-free from, uh, from the result. Although, you know, given the spirit of 76, I think 76 points would be a more fitting season total in 73 points for the New England Revolution. So uh, maybe we'll add three more points to uh, to our record, and uh, and then we'll obviously we'll get ready for the playoffs after that. But just a fun day of celebration, and um, would love to have uh, as many fans as possible come enjoy that with us. And speaking of having as many fans come as possible to enjoy the playoffs, tell everyone where and how they can purchase their playoff tickets now and also guarantee MLS Cup final tickets as well. Yeah, the, uh, the best thing to do is just head to our website, revolutionsoccer.net. that has all the information on it. You can call us at one get res if you want to, um, but the website has all the information. You can just click through and, and purchase direct there, but if you want to talk to a rep, they can, they can help you through options of, of uh, different, different things that we have uh, for the playoffs. So uh, get on board, grab your seats. Um, like I said, those, those last couple of matches especially, we're going to have big attendances. So uh, if you really do know you're going to come if we have those games, um, I suggest getting in now to make sure you can get a, a ticket, particularly on the on the first level or the first two levels of the stadium, because uh, I think some fans will be surprised that uh, if we make it to those games, how quickly those tickets are going to move. And based on history, you know, we'll we'll be in those upper decks. And so, if you're a big fan and you want to be close to the action, I, I would strongly suggest uh, you know getting to one of those packages now. All right. Good stuff, Brian. Well, this is a, a fun and exciting time to be a Revolution fan and. Hopefully we can get that MLS Cup on December 11th right here at Gillette Stadium, and that would mean a lot for the organization and I think the region in general too. No, thanks, Mike. Appreciate um, obviously the work you do with us on game day here, but all those all the support uh, outside of that too. It's it's not unnoticed by us and our fans, and uh, great to have you part of the club and part of the family. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate that, and thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I can't wait to wear the new logo eventually. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It's a beautiful I can't thing. wait to hear your call as you uh, introduce the uh, the Supporter Shield winning New England Revolution uh, 
uh, this uh, this this game. I'm I have uh, I have high expectations for you. So uh, well, I'm looking forward to hearing hearing that PA announcement. Drinking a lot of water, Brian, and tea and honey, my friend. There, there you go. go. That's that's a secret weapon. Now, Brian, I know you have a real busy schedule, so thanks again for joining me here today. I appreciate it, and I know that the fans really do appreciate it as well. Be sure to give Brian a follow on Twitter. He's at RevsPrez, R-E-V-S-P-R-E-Z, New England Revolution President Brian Bellello. And one final chance to see the Supporter Shield winners in the regular season. This Sunday, November 7th, the Revolution take on Miami at 3.30 p.m. at Gillette Stadium. Tickets and playoff tickets available now as well. Visit revolutionsoccer.net or call 877-GET-REVS. Don't waste time, folks. Get your tickets for the playoffs today. And don't forget, you can grab your New England Revolution gear in the pro shop and some items with the new logo on there as well. My name is Mike Riley. Follow me on Twitter at Sarge985, and the Sports Hub account is at 985 Hub. Hey, thanks again for listening, and go Revs!